In the name of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The sacrament of Holy Communion is often referred to as a mystery. And rightfully so, since we cannot explain just how Jesus is present in the consecrated bread and wine. Because of its mysterious nature, my imagination as a young boy and the imaginations of my elementary school friends led us to believe all sorts of things about this sacrament of Holy Eucharist. Now, in our defense, our imaginations were fueled in no small part by our Roman Catholic parents and the good sisters of St. Teresa who taught at our school. Now, first of all, we were instructed to allow the Eucharist wafer to dissolve in our mouths rather than to chew it. This was of great importance because if one were to bite into the bread, we were taught that blood would come out of that wafer. After all, it was the body of Christ, right? And then there was a required one-hour period of fasting before receiving com communion. And I don't, I don't remember anyone explaining the rationale for this fasting, but my friends and I figured that the bread of communion would be contaminated if it were to come into contact with any undigested food in our stomachs, thereby making us guilty of desecrating the sacrament and leaving us with a sin on our souls. And the same held true if we were to receive communion more than once in a 24-hour period. So it was an obligation and a blessing to refresh our souls with this most holy sacrament one time, but it was an act of sinfulness if we did it twice in the same day. And that rule in itself was a total mystery to us. So even with all of the mystery that surrounded the sacrament of the body and blood of Christ, one thing was certain. My friends and I really looked forward to the next time we would receive the bread of Holy Communion. As we knelt waiting at that communion rail, we knew in our hearts that we were about to feel the presence of Christ in a way that is mysterious and at the same time in a way that feels tangible and, and real. Now, in the portion of John's Gospel today, Jesus is continuing his ongoing conversation with this crowd that had been part of the 5,000 whom Jesus fed with a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread just a day or so prior. And today's story picks up right where last Sunday's story ended, with Jesus telling the crowd that the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and give life to the world. And the people responded with a request. Sir, give us this bread always. So today's gospel story begins with Jesus responding to that request with what surely must have seemed like an outrageous statement. He tells them that the bread that they are requesting is already present. It's already present in the person of Jesus himself. Now, Jesus tells them that he is the bread of life and that whoever comes to him will never be hungry, and whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. Now, of course, the Jews to whom Jesus was speaking became upset with Jesus for claiming to have come down from heaven, even though Jesus had filled their hungry bellies and the bellies of thousands of others with a handful of fish and bread. Jesus goes on and to try and help these people understand 
that he, what he is trying to convey, that those who have faith in God will be called to Jesus as he is the very word of God. And those people who truly believe will have eternal life. It's only through Jesus that one can attain this eternal life. And in that sense, Jesus is indeed the bread of life, the bread of eternal life. And so in this exchange between Jesus and the crowd, the sacrament of Holy Eucharist is instituted. Now, it's interesting to note that in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they present the institution of the Eucharist through the event of the Last Supper. But in John's Gospel, the main focus of Jesus' last meal with his disciples is the washing of the disciples' feet by Jesus. It seems that for the writer of John's Gospel, all of Jesus' life, not just one particular event at the end of his life, all of Jesus' life institutes the Eucharist. If you think about it, since the day that he was born, Jesus had always been the living bread that came down from heaven. Three times, three times in today's gospel, Jesus proclaims that he, Jesus himself, he is the food that gives life. In the eating of his flesh and the drinking of his blood in the Holy Eucharist, we and all believers are able to share fully in this food that sustains life for eternity. Eucharist is so much more than a remembrance or a commemoration of one particular event in the life of Jesus. It's an act in which we are invited to share in Jesus' entire life, including his death that brought life to the world. As participants in the Eucharist, you and I strengthen and nurture our individual relationships with Jesus. Our faith tells us that Jesus is present, really present with you and with me. Jesus is present in the bread and wine of Holy Eucharist. My boyfriend, boyhood friends and I understood that. And we were taught that because Jesus was present, the most appropriate time to pray, the most appropriate time to speak the hopes and fears of our hearts was during the act of Holy Communion. I'm afraid that as most things of great value in our lives, some of us may unintentionally take this life-giving sacrament for granted. It may be because of the routine nature in which it's available. And maybe we found a new appreciation for that sacrament during those weeks and months when we were unable to come together and share in the Holy Eucharist. Whatever the case, it's crucial to our very salvation that each one of us accepts this gift of Jesus' presence in our midst with awe and with amazement and with loving gratitude. And this life will never understand just how Jesus is present in the consecrated bread and wine. And in that sense, yes, it remains a mystery. And at the same time, though, our faith compels us to believe as a matter of fact 
that the bread and wine of Eucharist brings us forgiveness of our sins and that the bread and wine of Holy Eucharist strengthens our union with Christ and with one another, our faith compels us to embrace the truth that when we receive the bread and wine of Holy Eucharist, we experience a foretaste of the heavenly banquet that is our nourishment and everlasting life. And when I think about it, it seems to me that when we receive Jesus' body and blood and immerse ourselves in the context of our faith, well, then I think perhaps there's not much mystery to it after all, is there? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.